0: Today is from Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, And healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and carried our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Lord, open our hearts to understand your word this morning and give the preacher facility in doing that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning everyone, my name is Steve, if we do have any kids who are still in the service and if you want to head out to uh, Kids Church, now's the time to to go, there's some wonderful programs happening out there, I know a whole bunch are already out there, but if you need to go, feel free to to head off there. Uh, Just for those that may not have been able to see the slide um, before, so there's an annual general meeting today at 12 o'clock, so after the service today there's going to be a morning tea, please join us out there for morning tea and then at 12 o'clock is the annual general meeting. What that means is anyone who is a member, or even if you're not a member, is welcome to come along to hear what's happening uh, in the life of our our church and be a part of what's happening in the life of our church as well. Great. Um, So we're continuing to look at the Gospel of Matthew in the the morning services at the moment. So if you've been here the last few weeks in the morning services, you know we've been looking at different uh, passages within the book of Matthew. And today we're going to be focusing on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're going to explore both the costs, but also the eternal rewards of choosing to follow Jesus. I think being a follower today probably meant something a little different in Jesus' time, but there's also a lot of similarities too, I think. In fact, being followed today is almost considered the pinnacle of social status, isn't it? Um, Today, just like it was in Jesus' time as well, though, in Jesus' time there were people, there were leaders who wanted to be followed. There were leaders who wanted to have lots of followers and try and have more followers than others. And whoever had the most followers, they had the bragging rights then as well. Um, Now, I'm not on social media, but I had a look this week on, on Twitter or on X to work out who is the most followed person in, in the world on, on that form of social media. What do you think? Who, who do you think is the most followed person? Taylor Swift, maybe? It's not Taylor Swift. Ronaldo? Ronaldo it's not Ronaldo? Anyone else? It's actually the person that... Uh, Elon Musk. There you go. That kind of makes sense. If you, if you kind of own it, you're generally the most followed. What about number two? Who do you think is the second most followed person that hasn't been mentioned yet? Not Leo Messi? So Barack Obama. So Barack Obama is, is the second most followed person. And we'll just do one more. The third most followed person. Maybe the youngsters might know a bit. And it's not Taylor Swift still. Just Justin Bieber. So you might have to Google who he is if you need to. <laughs> but it's, it's not just social media that we use to follow people, is it? It's not just social media. Every person here has their favourite author. We have our favourite band. You have your preferred political group. You have your favourite sports team, like the mighty Canberra Raiders. maybe. (laughs) Favourite Christian writers. We have favourite preachers. And we love to follow. But not only do we love to follow, we are also influenced by those we follow, aren't we? We're influenced by those we follow. And whilst you may not agree with everything someone you follow says, the more you listen to them, the more you will be influenced by them. Uh, the top influencers in the world, I didn't realise there was a difference between followers and influencers, um, top is uh, two soccer stars, already, one already mentioned, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi, with over 500 million followers, are considered the top influencers in the world. And absolutely, with Taylor Swift in Australia at the moment, she seems to be influencing our entire country. If you think about you know, following you know, every word she says, every lyric she does, what restaurant she eats at, what zoo she visits she's being followed and influencing her followers, for for better or for worse. Our society loves to follow follow and be influenced, but it's considered even better if you are the one being followed and influenced too, isn't it? Uh, Matthew's account in today's passage, I think, really challenges that idea of what it means to follow. So some background in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8 starts by pulling out three specific miracles, healing miracles of Jesus. We have Jesus healing the man with leprosy, uh, the centurion's servant, and Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. And Matthew then details the response of these people who had seen and heard about these miracles of Jesus. We have two men two men who are aware of what Jesus has done and aware of what Jesus could do. And there's a teacher of a law and a disciple. And they think, this guy is great, I'm going to follow him. The difference here, though, is that Jesus actually questions the motives and questions that commitment of these two men who want to follow, as opposed to today's society where followers are just a number that really just makes someone else look good. And the words of Jesus to these two men that we just heard, they, could, they sound a little harsh, they sound a little unloving, but Jesus wants to be crystal clear that following him means following him alone. And this is different to how we follow people today. We have lots of favourite authors that we follow, lots of books that we'll buy. Lots of people we follow through social media and and other forms of media. No one follows just one person. It's almost frowned upon if you just follow one person because you're not sort of getting a balanced view or or critically thinking about what, what they're saying to be influenced by them. So Jesus in this passage says following me means following one person. It means allowing yourself to be influenced by someone who says the cost of following can mean losing all the worldly comforts that the world says that you deserve that being a follower is more important than your family more important than living up to the expectations of those around you so as we look at this passage there's a few things i want us to look at i want us to look at why we should choose to follow jesus why is that a decision we should make i want us to look at what it means to follow jesus what does it actually look like to follow jesus And then I want us to get really practical and think about how we can live following Jesus today. So first, let's consider why we should choose to follow Jesus. I'm just going to read the the first bit of the passage again out of Matthew chapter 8. If you've got your Bibles with you, please open to Matthew chapter 8. From verse 14, it says, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits and with a word healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore all our diseases. So for the two men who would, de- who would declare their intention to follow Jesus, the reasons for them, it was simple. They had seen Jesus' power at work. They knew that he could perform miracles. Jesus had shown that he's Lord over human illness and Lord over evil spirits. Just think about how Jesus miraculously heals Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus touches her hand. Jesus touches a sick and an unclean hand. Jesus touches a woman's hand. Now, whether Peter was actually happy or not that his mother-in-law could now get up and start talking again is unclear, but the immediate healing of this fever is miraculous. More people came to Jesus to be healed and have evil spirits driven out. And the motives of the two men seem to indicate that they really just wanted to jump on this bandwagon, to follow the crowd, to fit in with the society around them. And it was highly likely that following Jesus would help them build up their own following because they were being associated with Jesus. So Matthew then links these miracles of Jesus to the words of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53. You can see them up there on the screen. These words written hundreds of years earlier describing a future suffering servant. Someone who will take on our pain, bear our suffering. Someone punished by God, peaced for our transgressions, taking the punishment that we deserve. By his wounds, we are healed. Do you think that the two men would have publicly declared their willingness to follow Jesus, knowing that he is a suffering servant and would be a suffering servant? I I think not. But can I assure you this morning that Jesus is still worth following today? That if you follow the world, you will be provided with many reasons as to why you shouldn't follow. That it's fake news, that it's a lie, that it removes the freedoms you have to do whatever you want, whenever you want to. That it leads to an earthly life where you might be poor. Where you may not have the securities like comfortable housing. That you may prioritize things even above your own family because everyone follows someone we follow jesus because we know that he has the words of eternal life we follow jesus because he is the way and the truth and the life we follow jesus because he is with us and within us through his holy spirit we follow jesus because he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners He died for us. We follow Jesus today because he rose from the grave and he's alive, conquering the power of sin and death once and for all for every person who calls on his name. Amen. Amen. Jesus' wounds inflicted on him 2,000 years ago still heals the consequences of our sin today. Jesus' rejection and suffering. And pain and punishment still provides everyone here the opportunity to repent of their sin, to turn from following their own ways, to stop following the world's influence and instead choose to follow one person. One person, Jesus, who willingly died on a cross for the sins of humanity, including yours. He rose from the dead, defeating sin and death, and Satan, and drawing you into an eternal relationship with him. Choosing to follow Jesus, to start your discipleship journey with him, choosing to be influenced by his loving teaching is the best decision anyone here can possibly make. Why not consider making that decision today? So secondly, let's look at what it actually means to follow Jesus. We can say the words, but what does it actually mean? From Matthew 8:19, we see two men who have seen and considered and made a decision to follow Jesus. And they each now present themselves before Jesus with a commitment to follow. So let's look at the, the first guy. The first guy is a teacher of the law. And he makes a bold public statement saying, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. And I go, wow, what a statement. What a statement. This is something everyone who is seeking followers wants to hear. I will follow you wherever you go. The Elon Musks, the, the Justin Biebers, they don't even consider vetting who follows them. They're just a, a number that hopefully makes up a bigger number than the next person. Do you notice, though, that Jesus has no interest whatsoever in how many people are following him. The goal is not to have more disciples than John. The goal is not to have more followers uh, than Caesar. In fact, it almost seems like Jesus is intentionally making it hard to follow him, making it difficult to follow him. Uh, The first verse up there on the screen, it says, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. He moves away from the crowd. When these individual men finally find him and declare their commitment to follow, Jesus instead challenges the individual. He knows they don't truly understand what it means to follow. When Jesus says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, to the teacher of the law, Jesus knows this man holds a special place in society. This teacher of the law has a significant and a public role in instructing the word of God. He has an income. He has a place to stay. He has comfort. He has an assured, comfortable future ahead. And Jesus knows this and he challenges this bold public statement with a hard dose of reality. That following Jesus means that the earthly comfort and social certainties that you currently have will no longer be guaranteed or even be a priority. To overemphasize this point, Jesus is basically saying you'll have less assurance of a roof over your head than a bird having a nest to sleep in. When Jesus says that a fox has a, a greater certainty of a good night's sleep, than a true disciple, he's actually using himself as the example, as the son of man, Jesus. We don't have to look far to see the earthly consequences that Jesus faced, do we, in living out his mission. Now, if, if I was a social media advisor, and, I'm, and I'd be really bad at it, I would probably be suggesting to Jesus that he's not doing a very good job at trying to get a lot of followers. That would be my my suggestion to Jesus. I'd be saying, does it really matter what someone is like if they're making that choice to follow you? And this is where Jesus' passion for true followers, I think, just shines through. And it shows us that Jesus is not about numbers. Jesus is not after bold, public statements. What Jesus desires, what Jesus finds joy in, is someone who has made a decision to follow only him to follow only him most of us have lots of people we follow we have our favorite bands and authors and evangelists but jesus says you click that like button just once just click it once you can only have one like in your account You can't follow Jesus and also the world's influence to seek all the creature comforts and money and stability that you are told that you deserve. And to say something like the teacher of the law said, to say, I will follow you wherever you go, actually means following Jesus' call. And for some, that's, that's serving overseas. In countries where people have not yet heard and understood the message of grace and mercy through Jesus. For others, it means making family decisions where money and position may not be a priority. It's allowing space and opportunity to follow Jesus in a way that looks different and is different to the world's view of success. Notice how Jesus doesn't say to the teacher of the law, you can't follow me. I won't let you follow me. They're not the words of Jesus, are they? But he makes it crystal clear as to what it means to follow Jesus and to follow Jesus alone. Now Matthew doesn't actually write the response of the teacher of the law here. We don't find out what his response to Jesus' challenge is. But we read in other Gospels of responses of those who choose to follow Jesus, who want to follow Jesus, but are also being influenced And want to follow other things within the world as well. Think about the the rich young ruler. You can have a look in Matthew 19 at that. Who wants to follow Jesus, but when challenged to sell his possessions, Matthew writes, when the young man heard these words, he went away sad because he had great wealth. As one writer says, salvation is free to receive, but costly to live out. Salvation is free to receive but costly to live out. Even the second man in today's passage declares a willingness to follow Jesus, but also says, first let me go and bury my father. Now this seems like a reasonable request, doesn't it? To bury your father. Jesus' response comes across as as pretty harsh. He says, follow me, let the dead bury their own dead. Now we know from today's reading that Jesus definitely cares about family and about families. He just healed Peter's mother-in-law. He cares about families. He loves families. The man wants to respond to Jesus' call to follow him with an answer of yes, but first I need to. Yes, but first. He asked the Lord to allow him to go and first bury his father, implying that he will follow Jesus after that. Now commentators suggest that this man's father may not yet have even died when he makes his statement. It certainly would not be the case that his father had just died in the past few hours or the past few days because he would be preparing all the funeral arrangements. It's also possible that his dad did die a while ago and the man was talking about the Jewish custom of reburying a loved one's bones a year after passing. We, we don't know exactly. But in other words, this disciple may have been requesting to delay his role, to delay his choice to follow Jesus for a year or years. His priority was to fill what custom and tradition expected from sons, especially firstborn sons. And Jesus won't agree to this request. These cultural expectations are not meant to override God's will for a person's life. But if this man did make the choice to follow Jesus, there would be significant cost. If the man chooses to follow Jesus without carrying out some of these expected customs, there will be a significant cost to him. This morning, I'd love you to reflect on what following Jesus has cost you. For some here, it has been really big things. Really big things. It may have cost you wealth and career opportunities. It may have cost you your priorities and your dreams. It may have cost you family and relationships. But if it has cost you nothing, can I encourage you to reflect on what else you may be following in addition to Jesus? Have you decided to follow Jesus and only Jesus? Or today, are you only able to say, yes, but first I need to? Do you need to remove something else that you have been following that may be impacting on your capacity and energy and enthusiasm to follow Christ alone? Jesus isn't into making up numbers. He knows that one true follower is better than a 100 people who just added him to that liked list. So we've had a look at why it is so worth choosing to follow Jesus. We've had a look at what it means to follow Jesus. And to finish off, I'd love us to consider how we can follow Jesus today Uh, if you're at the evening service a few weeks ago um, you may have heard me preaching on trusting and obeying jesus that we need to trust and obey jesus that we can follow and trust and obey jesus because we can trust the instructor that we can believe that god knows what is best for your life that he'll keep every promise he's ever made and that he will do the impossible when necessary So I encourage you to have a listen to that on our our podcast if you haven't heard it. But here's a few other ways we can practically live following Jesus today. So we can live as faithful followers of Jesus today by allowing ourselves to be influenced by Jesus. Are you allowing yourself to be influenced by Jesus? To change, to become more like Jesus every day? Because Jesus is a gentle influencer. He teaches us all we need to know and yet he graciously allows each one of us here to choose to be influenced are you willing to be influenced and changed by a god who can be trusted Uh, we can also live as faithful followers of jesus today by submitting to jesus's loving commands jesus never said don't follow me or you're not worthy or good enough to follow me he never says those words Jesus wants followers, but he's loving enough to tell us what it costs. Submitting ourselves to God means that we listen to him, that we obey him, that we follow him. When we submit ourselves to God, we acknowledge his lordship in our lives. We must choose to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. And submitting to Jesus it can be hard, but it actually can be really freeing as well. I'll give you an example. When I was at uni, I used to go on to to uni, Christian conferences, um, often out at Maroo. I don't know if they still do them out there or not. And I remember there was one particular uh, time I went to this university Christian conference, and there was lots of teaching uh, on the sovereignty of God. There was lots of words used like predestination and free will and all of these things I hadn't really considered too much. And I really remember struggling for a long period of time in my faith to try and understand it all. I felt that I had to work out a way to fit the Bible's teaching into my neat little box of Christian theology that I was happy with and I just couldn't do it. I read countless books, countless books, I went down a whole bunch of theological rabbit holes for a long period of time to work out a way that I could accept the Bible's teaching on God's sovereignty. I hadn't submitted to God's word. And after many months, I was convicted that my approach to understanding our loving God was wrong. That I couldn't and shouldn't fit my creator neatly in a box that I was comfortable with. That I needed to repent to ensure that my first posture was of submission. To not say, yes, but, and not to walk away from some of these hard teachings as well. When my starting point with Jesus being the way and the truth and the life, it was so freeing for me to be able to submit to all of the truths in the Bible and then just reflect on the wonder of God, acknowledging that on earth I will never fully grasp the eternal wisdom of our Heavenly Father and I felt free of the burden I had created for myself. Do you have a posture of submission? Are there areas in your life where you need to submit to Jesus? To remove the burdens that you may have created and live in the freedom that comes from submitting to him. So as we we finish, unfortunately, it appears that both men who declared their intention to follow Jesus walked away. They walked away sad, just like the rich man. In John chapter 6, we read of many of Jesus' disciples hearing Jesus' call to follow him. And they say, as you can read on the screen there, they say, this is hard teaching. And many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus then turns to his close disciples and asks them, do you want to go away too? And it's Peter. Peter. It's Peter who had seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. It's Peter who had experienced living outside of the world's comforts and contrary to the world's standards. It's Peter who has seen passionate followers walk away over the years. Peter who had many good reasons to walk away. He looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. An amazing words from Peter. Today you have a choice to follow the many or follow the one, to walk away or to submit. And today I pray that you will trust the words of eternal life, that you will believe and know the Holy One of God. It is a simple but absolutely profound decision can I encourage you to follow Jesus, to follow the leader, to be a true follower of Jesus because we have a God that is truly worth following. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray for each, one here, each person here today, each person that hears this. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll really challenge us and encourage us in knowing what it means to follow you. Thank you that you want to be followed, but thank you that you are open and honest to us as to what it means to follow you. Help us understand the joy, the peace, and the comfort that comes from choosing to follow you and to submit to you. Thank you that you love us so much, Lord God, that you want us to follow you, and you did everything you possibly could on that cross so that we can follow you today. Amen.